0: Hey everybody and welcome to this, the 2022 Alaska Watch Halloween special. And somehow, I'm not quite sure how this evolved, but somehow our Halloween special has come to almost always revolve around movies. And, uh, you know, the, the usual disclaimer uh, applies. Uh, you may hear my dog snoring in the background. There's nothing we can do about it. they are... Too adorable to kick out of the room. And uh, I keep saying our. uh, I am joined in the studio today for this Halloween special by Mrs. Legume, a.k.a. The Old Lady.
1: Hi, everybody. You know, I think the reason why Halloween always revolves around movies is because it's the best month for movies. I mean, every streaming service we have, what category do we go to in October? Halloween, because it's when all the great Halloween movies come out.
0: Well, it's when they're. They're kind of uh, dust off and, 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 and paraded out.
1: It's a tradition.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, there are people that enjoy horror movies all the time. And, not and so much that's us. <laughs> their favorite genre. But yeah, not so much us. You know, we're not really Halloween or a horror movie type people. Every once in a while, I'll bust out like Evil Dead or something like that. But Halloween is usually when I watch probably of the horror movies That I watch in a year This is true Yeah, And um, you know I've been kicking around This idea I've had it for a long time Uh, It's not something That I see done A lot with uh, cryptid type Podcasts Uh, I've seen it Done with some other type podcasts But this is the first time That I know of That I, I can think of where this has Been done with a cryptid type movie maybe somebody's Done it and it just hasn't I haven't come across it. There's so many podcasts out there these days. I can't keep track. Uh, But we're going to do something a little different today. Uh, What we're going to do is we are going to uh, watch the classic Bigfoot movie, probably the Bigfoot movie, uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek, and we're going to uh, do a commentary to it. We're going to critique it. So... What that means for you as a listener, uh what would really I guess um
1: enhance your experience. Yeah,
0: enhance your experience is uh if you uh dust off your copy of Boggy Creek or rent it on a streaming service, and here in a few minutes, when we get done with our intro here, uh we're gonna say, Okay, push play. And so that's your cue to push play on your copy of the legend of Boggy Creek. And uh you know, watch it either with the sound off or the sound down really low. And we will talk about the movie. We're going to talk about what's going on on the screen. We're going to talk about our thoughts and impressions. Uh, We're going to make some jokes. Uh, We're going to, you know, make fun of some of the things in the movie. Uh, But also another disclaimer, because this is the world we live in and this is the way things are. Uh, We mean absolutely no disrespect. I love this movie. Love it. Grew up with it. It's part of my dna probably wouldn't be here on this podcast talking about this right now if it wasn't for this movie uh we mean absolutely no disrespect to anybody involved in the movie anybody appearing in the movie anybody that uh helped get the movie made uh we're gonna make fun of some things in the movie but that's only because i mean it was a different time it's an older movie some of the styles and and the way things are done and the technology is different today and to us, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, it's, it's funny the way things ha- uh, were done back then, the way people's hair look, stuff like that. Absolutely no disrespect is intended for anybody. It's all jokes. I have to say this is my meme sometimes that I post. It's all jokes, folks. It's just for fun. I'm not serious about any of it. So don't get offended. Don't talk about how we're disrespecting the memories of the dead people that were in the movie. Uh, it's just for fun. Okay, so end of disclaimer. Let's get back into it. Mm. Uh, Yeah.
1: Well, I feel like we grew up around Mystery Science Theater. And a huge part of watching these movies when we were younger, at least for me to cope with what I was seeing, is we would joke about it. I remember the first time I watched the movie Grizzly. It was terrifying. And how we could make it through without basically screaming and running away was we would kind of joke about what we were seeing when a severed arm would go flying across the screen. You'd have to joke about it because if not... It's really scary when you're a kid. So um, I think this is at least how I cope with these kind of movies is I riff on them.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, 90% of people, probably 98% of people that are going to hear this, they're going to get it. They're going to, they're going to understand it's, it's for fun. It's a joke, but there's, there's those, that small percentage of people that are going to be offended in someone's stead. And you know, cause a stink or, you know, say mean things on the internet. Um so I just I just felt like I had to to make a little disclaimer. Being yeah. that it is an older movie, a lot of the people that uh participated in it are probably no longer with us. Um but again, like I said, I love this movie. Grew up with it. Uh I don't remember the first time I watched it. I don't remember where I saw it, if it was maybe on VHS or if it was it was probably on TV. It was probably on some Around Halloween time, some movie special that was shown on TV, and I sat down and watched it, and I'm sure it probably scared scared me silly. Uh, But uh, again, you know, it's one of those things. It's like I said, it's in my DNA. It started, it planted that seed. It got me started to thinking about Bigfoot and cryptids, and you know, just uh, it's part of my Bigfoot heritage, I guess you would say. And it took place in the South, which is where I grew up so it wasn't uh it brought Bigfoot home it wasn't just uh it wasn't just a something in the North Pacific Northwest or in Washington State or up in Canada it was something that could maybe possibly be around where I lived and that really um, endeared me to it
1: see I don't remember watching it as a kid but when we sat down together and you made me watch it for the first time <laughs> I put it like that. I'm always willing to watch the Bigfoot movies. But when we sat down together to watch it, I recognized some of the scenes. So I must have seen it when I was younger, which we watched a lot of movies when we were kids. Um, My parents were really good about recording Movies that would come on TV onto VHS so we could watch them again. Um, So I did recognize some of it. So I must have seen it when I was a kid, but I don't particularly recall sitting down and watching it as a kid or it being part of our VHS collection. But I'm sure I've seen it because we watched a lot of movies as kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I don't remember the first time I saw it. Um, Could have been could have been on VH. It could have even been on beta if it was ever on beta. Cause I, I think at one point we did have a beta machine. Uh, for those of you that there's, there's, I bet there's somebody listening that doesn't know what a beta is. A uh, beta was kind of, um, you know how there was Blu-rays and DVDs out at the same time. Uh, well, or no, I'm sorry. It was Blu-ray and HD DVDs. Remember those? Um, they were out, they came out about the same time and well, obviously Blu-ray won, and everything's Blu-ray now. Well, VHS and beta came out about the same time and they were both basically video cassettes and beta was actually much smaller than a VHS tape. It was probably about half the size. Uh, and for whatever reason, VHS dominated the market. So, uh, I think it, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, you go out, you buy a beta machine and then, you know, six months later, it's, it's, uh, it's obsolete and everything is VHS. And I remember going into the movie stores and they would have, they would have VHS and beta and they'd have the same movie, you know, in both formats. And if they didn't have it in the format you had, you were just out of luck. You couldn't watch it if they have it on VHS and you had a beta or vice versa. Hmm.
1: I do not remember betas probably because we didn't have it in my house. We only did VHS. But, yeah. you know, you're reading, uh, you're leading this rodeo, but I wasn't sure when you want to get to this point, but I want to make sure in the introduction, you talk about the fact that you've actually been to Falk. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Falk, Arkansas. Falk.
0: Let's talk about that Falcon monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually went there a few years ago. Um, and I, I thought maybe I'd mention it a little bit, uh, you know, while we're watching the movie and okay. we're showing scenes of the town, but uh, yeah, it's one of the few places uh, that I've actually been to. I kind of made it a point a few years ago to kind of go on like a little uh, Bigfoot tour of the United States. And uh, I was fortunate enough that where I worked, uh, I got sent away a lot for training. I could pick a lot of that training out um, uh, that I wanted to go to as long as it would benefit you know, the place I worked at. And, uh, so a lot of times I would, I would pick a place like, for instance, when I went to Falk, I actually ended up, I was in Dallas and, um, went to a, like a, a training for a few days after the training was over. I took a few days off, you know, added a couple of vacation days onto the end of that trip and, uh, went to Falk. So I was fortunate enough to, to get to, uh, do stuff like that. I've been to a few other Bigfoot areas and, uh, checked it out, uh, with very similar, uh, tactics. So yeah, uh, been been to Falk. Uh, spent a few days there, and uh, wouldn't wouldn't mind going back. Um, maybe in a, a you know a, a cooler month. I think I can't remember when I went there. It was like May or something, and it was already like really hot.
1: Mm. Yeah, it looks like it'd be quite a a hot place uh, during the movie. Although everyone is dressed quite warmly, I think. Although I guess the impression isn't supposed to be fall or maybe even winter, but. I did look it up on IMDb. There's not really a lot of info on it, but the description was it's a 1972 docu-style drama about the Falk monster. So that's about all IMDb will give you about the, yeah. the movie.
0: Well, it was it was made on an extremely low budget. Um, the um, Charles Pierce, the director, I believe he he didn't write the movie, but he came up with the idea to make the movie. And I believe he hired somebody to write it, but, um, he made it for about $160,000 and it made, it ended up, it's made millions, I guess, you know, after the fact, after it was released, it was hugely popular. Uh, it became one of the first, like really popular, like drive-in horror movie style movies. And just, it really made a big, um splash into the scene and you saw a lot of movies that came after it kind of um, almost try to emulate it and you know it's a it's a classic it's 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 you know it's probably one of the you can't talk about Bigfoot movies without talking about Legend of Boggy Creek Um, and I want to make a a mention uh, the in case it matters to you at home we are watching this is the uh, blu-ray disc version Uh, of Boggy Creek Uh, just came out here a couple of years ago I believe uh, Charlie Pierce's daughter um, had it remastered and uh, put on blu-ray and I picked that up I believe it's at uh, legendofboggycreek.com is where I got it Uh, this version this particular version I have it actually came with both the DVD and a blu-ray version Uh, I don't think there's not really any special features on the disc other I think maybe than the trailer I think that's about it um, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, man, they should have uh, they should have done like a commentary track with his daughter or something. Would have been.
1: I think there is a commentary track on it, but I think so, but is I don't it? think it's anybody. It might just be one of the producers. I'm trying to remember what what we saw, but um, it comes with subtitles. I recommend watching it with <laughs> subtitles because some of the terminology they use um, is different. And it can be hard to understand sometimes what people are saying, especially some of the audio is a little quieter. So the subtitles can kind of help you hear people a little better, I think too. So I recommend it with subtitles.
0: Yeah. And uh, I actually was uh, looking at the back of the the, uh, Blu-ray here. There's a, um, a uh, quote says there were, there would have been no Blair witch without legend of Boggy Creek, a wonder of true independent filmmaking. It still packs a punch. And that's uh, a quote by Eduardo Sanchez, who is the director of the other, the one of my other favorite Bigfoot movies, Exists.
1: Oh, I love that movie.
0: So, and we're we're gonna have to do that for that movie, maybe next Halloween or or maybe later on.
1: That's one of the movies we watch every Halloween is Exists. That one actually, it really scares me.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, and it actually, uh, on the top of the Blu-ray case here, it also says first official home release, which I'm absolutely positive that I have another DVD copy of this upstairs that I think I bought off Amazon. That is probably some kind of bootleg.
1: It must not be for home release,
0: (laughs) but um, anyway. All right. So we're going to uh, get ready to hit play here on our machine. We will tell you when to hit play on yours. And uh, I think we're about ready to get started. Oh, I did want to mention before we get started, um, if you enjoy this movie, uh, like we do, uh, you really need to pick up The Beast of Boggy Creek, The True Story of the Falk Monster by Lyle Blackburn. Uh, I believe that's available on his website and on Amazon. Uh, some of the information that I will mention during this commentary was uh, picked up out of this book, out of Lyle's book. So uh, this it, it talks about a bunch of sightings in the area, the history of the area, I, unbeknownst to me, until I read this book I didn't realize that the sightings uh, in the area around Falk uh, went back to the early 1900s so this is not something that just started happening in the uh, 60s and 70s Uh, this was something that was ongoing for a long time in that area but uh, that book is chock full of information and a few of the facts that I talk about during our commentary uh, actually came out of Lyle Blackburn's book all right all right, so we've got the tra- – the uh, not the trailer. What is that thing called? The menu up. Yep. And uh, we have play film selected. We are going to hit play here in just a second. So everybody get ready at home. Get your, your DVDs, your Blu-rays in. Your popcorn. Get your popcorn. Get your uh, sound turned lower or off. Put your subtitles on if that's your thing. And we are getting – Ready to hit play in a five, four, three, two, one. All right, so here we go. We got the uh, the FBI piracy warning. <laughs> so don't uh, don't pirate the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. And here we have the like most movies back then. You either had G or you had rated NC-17. There wasn't much in between.
0: Actually, R. NC-17 didn't come along until much they later. They had R? Mm-mm. Yeah, they had R, not NC-17.
1: Oh, I thought it was just G and yeah. NC-17. All
0: right, so the movie opens up. I mean, we get an introduction to The Swamp.
1: Yeah, classic uh, uh, title there um, for back then. It actually totally has like a Lord of the Rings feel to, to me. This mm. is a true story.
0: Some of, this, some of the people in this motion picture portray themselves in many ca- cases on actual location.
1: And we know that's true because on IMDb, over 80% of the cast is self. <laughs>
0: yeah. And most of the uh, cast, they were never in any other movies. This is it. This is the only movie they were ever in.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're just getting a tour of the swamp. We hear all kinds of wildlife. Um, anybody who has spent any time in the South knows... Uh, bugs are constant noise in the south, especially at night. So this totally feels like you're in the south. You can tell you're in the south. Bugs everywhere.
0: So this this is a part of the movie. These scenes where we get to see the the swamp and some of the wildlife. This is a scene that really benefits from the remastering and the you know the the higher quality video uh, that the new version, the Blu-ray has. Um, you know you get to see everything I mean it's crisp it's clear it's almost like you're right there and I was wondering about this last night because we watched it last night to prepare for today and I was wondering about this last night if maybe some of this footage wasn't like stock footage like uh, it was just just footage that you know they had laying around somewhere and just put it in here Uh, but apparently not apparently this is actual footage that they shot uh, Charlie Pearson and those guys shot, um, going out with Smoky Crabtree in his little boat. Uh, Smoky would take them out, and they would uh, float around in the in the Mercer Bayou that, down there, and and get this footage. So that is information I actually got out of Lyle's book. So there's all kinds of critters floating around out there. There's beavers and snakes and frogs and this is
1: it's very primordial. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have much of an interest in the swamp like that. I don't like not being able to see what's under the water.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I never really noticed it, because I've seen this movie, you know, dozens of times probably. And I kind of, watching it yesterday, and uh, I kind of felt like this maybe, this went on a little bit too long. You know, like, okay, I get it, we're in the swamp, there's there's creatures I, did you did you get the the feeling that maybe this one? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think what they were trying to do is they were probably trying to pad it a little bit, but um, it definitely sets up the fact that this is a very um, rural area, and you know, of course, we hear the creature scream. And I was curious, um, how do you think it compares to actual Bigfoot sounds that have been uh, recorded?
0: Well, there was a rumor going around for a while that they had actually captured some. Bigfoot vocals and use them in the movie. And that's, I th- believe in Lyle's book, uh, he debunks that says it's not true. Uh, but as far as how it compares to like actual suspected Bigfoot vocals, uh, I mean, it, it's similar in that it sounds like a large creature vocalizing and, and bellowing and screaming. Uh, but it's definitely got kind of a artificial, like reverb sound to it that, um, that I don't think is, uh, natural and here we have the the little boy running into the store to uh ask for help from the mr uh was it mr smith i think is his name willie smith
1: i just love the fact that the old classic coke machine the penzoil oil cans all the guys are wearing hats they're sitting around talking about hunting it's true classic americana
0: yeah well what do you, I, you think mr smith there um I think he'd be about the last person I'd probably ask for any help because he looks uh, like he's 80 years old.
1: I think the only thing he could probably catch is a cold. But I also like this part where they're talking about the hairy creature that's being seen. The boy has been sent by his mother to find help. Um, And I believe it indicates here that he's supposed to be seven years old. If you knew there was a scary hairy monster running around, would you send your child, your seven-year-old child, by itself to go get help from the town? I don't think I would.
0: Yeah, I think, well, apparently, according to Lyle, that, this is based on an actual, like, account. Like, somebody really did that. Somebody sent their kid into town to to get help. <laughs>
1: I guess back then they didn't really think about the fact that it probably wasn't safe.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, not everybody had phones or vehicles and she probably figured that, you know, he was fast enough that he could get the town and back. And, you know, they probably, she's probably got other kids in the house. And she's like, if it's, if, if I drag all these kids out of here, we'll never get there in time or we'll never get there back before dark.
1: Well they made that boy run a lot. I mean look how much running he has do he's done. Like they they've asked a lot out of him. <laughs> he he has a lot of energy, that's for sure. Oh, I was seven years old <laughs> when I heard his scream. And that's a pretty famous line in the movie. In fact, I think it's on the back of the DVD, isn't it, where he says, It scared me then, it scares me now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And this intro here showing the town, uh, the narration by Uh, The little boy as an adult. It reminds me so much of the movie Silver Silver Bullet, um, which we watched a lot as kids. We probably shouldn't have. It's a terrifying movie, but it has the exact same feel to it. Um, Definitely setting up, I think, a a horror movie here.
0: Yeah. Well, this movie was unique because, you know, it was scary. It had uh, some horror elements to it, but it also was kind of a documentary. It was like a docudrama horror movie. And I don't know if that sort of thing had been done prior to this, but I know it was done a lot after this. Uh, Almost, it kind of started a genre in that respect. I
1: mean, 1972, I can't really think of anything before this that would be the same style, a docudrama. I think even after this, um, there's been some probably, but I think actually docudrama has only been popular in the last ten years.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, I know documentaries are pretty popular now, and they like to dramatize them and and make them, you know, a little bit more exciting. But um, this, it really, you know, it it's it's almost uh, it. it it just works the way they, they mashed it all together. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a documentary slash horror movie slash uh, almost, uh, almost research. Cause you know, he's interviewing witnesses. Uh, they're talking to people and here we get our introduction to Falk. It, it, it looks like it's, it kind of reminds me that of when I went there, it, it's almost still laid out that way. With, with the, that.
1: A lot of towns in the South look exactly like this. Yeah. I mean, you can take the people, the location, and just copy and paste, and so many parts of the South look like this still today.
0: Although he does say where he's talking about um, how it has several stores, a gas station, and I believe he says hotel in here at one point. Yeah, motel. I, there is not a motel there now. I don't believe so. Because I had to say in Texarkana when I went there.
1: Hmm. I love all the names in this as well. And yeah, it starts off where we meet, we're going to meet this hunter and I think there's another hunter. So everyone's getting ready to go hunting. Oh, there's a crab tree. That's one of the names that gets mentioned a lot. Do you think he, uh, do you think he grows crab trees? No. Eh.
0: <laughs> yeah. The crab trees are, um, Smokey actually wrote a book, I think, called Smokey... Smoky and the Falc Monster, or something like that, or Smoky Crabtree and the Falcon Monster. Um, if you notice, a lot of the same names are repeated, like over in different in different uh, respects. Like there's a family, the Wall Ravens. I think they have uh, an encounter at a, that's one of the when the girls are having a sleepover. And then later on, somebody talks about the constable Walraven, Raven. I think that comes to the Ford House. So there's a lot of the same names that are used in different, um, different aspects. Like sometimes they're witnesses. Sometimes they're you know, uh, like the police and stuff. It just you know, it's just like any small town where you have you just have a certain families that just stick around and they're they're everywhere. <laughs>
1: Yeah, multi-generational. And it talks here about how Travis Crabtree goes trapping before school. And this is actually quite common in even Alaska. Uh, Alaskan kids will go check their traps or they'll go to school. Um, Not so much nowadays, but it used to be back in the day, you know, you'd bring your gun with you. And I remember you mentioning, who just threw that dog? (laughs) Did you see that?
0: Yeah, (laughs) That's, uh, that's actually the old man from the store. That's Mr. Smith.
1: And then look at that. He just points and just starts firing his gun. They asked this guy. They're like, hey, we need you to reenact this to start firing. Do you think they gave him blanks? I bet those are real bullets. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, like we were saying, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, deer hunting season, all the kids would take their rifles with them in the back of their trucks because you might see a deer on the way to school or after school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I took my gun to school a lot uh, during deer, deer season and would go hunting either before or after or sometimes both. And uh, just wasn't a big deal. It's just the way things were.
1: I'm kind of wondering now who who was willing to volunteer their dog to be thrown across the porch like that. This is before they had all that animal, uh, those animal rights uh, <laughs> disclaimers. Oh, here we go. Schultz. We watched this last night, and I go, "What is a prize Schultz?" I was thinking chickens, maybe some kind of like prize chickens, but um. I always wanted to know what a shult was and now I do. You learn something new every day.
0: Yeah. They're well, hogs. I th- I thought they were probably cows or something when he first said shoot, but apparently they're yeah, apparently they're pigs. Mm-hmm. And um this is um, I think all of these uh are based on real events. Uh, apparently this gentleman did have some some uh, hogs that weighed almost hundred a hundred pounds, uh He uh, had them killed, they were killed, and then uh, something drugged them uh, away from where he left the bodies. Or not drugged them, something picked them up and carried them, because it specifically said there were no drag marks.
1: Yeah, which means it was willing to carry 200 pounds without dragging it, which not too many, I think, men would be capable of doing that. What kind of thing can pick up 200 pounds and walk off with them?
0: I was kind of surprised at the number of like what appear to be aerial shots in the movie. And I wonder if they're actual aerial shots or if they just had like a, um, a crane or a cherry picker or something. Cause I think there's a photo in Lyle's book of Charles Pierce, like on a, on a crane or he's up high on a platform and like shooting down.
1: I don't think they could have a crane. not here though. I mean, this has to be a helicopter. Look how far they're traveling. But you mean like when they're in the town?
0: Well, all, like just all the last other than the the sighting reports that they just showed, all this has almost been uh, uh, overhead shots, the establishing shots of the town and the swamp and all that.
1: Yeah, I think they were trying to show the network of um, rivers and creeks, how complex the, the waterways are here. The sulfur river bottoms, I have to confess, that's not a very pleasant sounding name. It just sounds to me like it smelled like rotten eggs everywhere.
0: Well, it it's a swamp, so that's probably how it got its name. Is it? Is smell. that what it smelled like? I don't really remember. I just remember it being. I mean, because I, I, I actually went there to the Sulfur River bottoms and like walked around a little bit. It's, you know, there there were a couple of shorelines and stuff you could walk down a little bit, but for the most part, you need a boat to get around out there. But I don't remember. I mean, I just remember it smelling like a swamp. I mean, it smelled like, you know, musty wa- uh, What do you call that? Uh, stagnant water and. Uh, you know, decaying vegetation.
1: Mm. Okay. So now we have a, someone spooked that poor cow. (laughs) You know, I guess, um, they don't seem to have any guard dogs. Do you notice that they have hunting dogs in this movie, but you think they would uh, utilize, um, livestock guard dogs. If they were having these kind of problems, maybe they were too expensive or they just didn't know about them. You know, back then. I don't know. I see that a lot today on, uh, Farms. They use um livestock guard dogs. Okay, here we have Fred Crabtree, another Crabtree, a farmer who hunted a lot. Like everybody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny how in the this movie you see all these guys they're out hunting and doing outdoor stuff and they're just wearing like jeans and slacks and patent leather shoes and maybe well, have Where's like their
1: a- knife? Where's their game bag? Like you can tell they were just basically asked to go out in the woods with their gun and, you know, re reenact. But really if you're out hunting, I mean you got to be more prepared than this. What are you going to do with the meat?
0: Well, I think people back then, I mean, they didn't have the stuff that we have now. I mean, like we, like when I go hunting now, I got, a, you know, I got on like Gore-Tex and like Whisper Quiet Clothing and Scent Lock Technology and all this stuff. And back then you just, you just put maybe put on your vest with your ammo in it and you went, you know, maybe it had a little game pouch in the back for squirrels or something. And then you just went out in the woods.
1: Mm. That's a hard life. <laughs>
0: But uh, this this is the encounter where he sees it, he sees the creature, and he says he thinks it was washing its feet in the water.
1: Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, and it says here he thought it might be a man, so he didn't shoot it. Which you know I think actually probably is quite common among hunters who might possibly see something that might be Bigfoot out in the woods. Is they're not going to take a shot because you don't know it could be a man in a suit.
0: Yeah. And then here's a uh, the sighting with James Crabtree, again, out hunting and like slacks. And <laughs> he does have his hunting vest on, though.
1: They all definitely have a consistent look, though. I mean, if you, okay, squirrel hunting is not complicated. You don't really need much to go squirrel hunting. I was just thinking more like turkey hunting or deer hunting. It's a little bit more complex. Mm. But we used to go squirrel hunting in Kentucky. And we would just go in our jeans and, you know, shirt. And you just find a tree, sit down and wait.
0: Yeah, my dad actually had a hunting vest that was I it was almost exactly identical to the one that he's wearing. It was pretty similar. But uh, yeah, he pull he pulls out a, he starts smoking.
1: I know that's another thing. If he was hunting like turkey or deer, I don't think you'd be smoking because they'd be able to smell it. But I guess squirrels, he's not too worried about it. Everybody smokes in the South, or at least they used to. It might not be as bad today, but a lot of smoking. Yeah. All those tobacco farms.
0: Well, cigarettes are relatively cheap down there. Or they were um, up here. I don't know what they are now. Pack. They're like $12, dollars a pack or something. But down there, I mean, I remember my mom would, this is funny. My mom would send me to the store with like a dollar to get her a pack of cigarettes. And I come back with change.
1: <laughs> I know. I think you just gave away that you're old. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Bigfoot came out because he wanted a cigarette. He probably has a tobacco addiction, and that's why he keeps coming up to these hunters. He's like, "Hey, can I bum a cigarette?" Well,
0: what? it's funny that you mention that because some of the um, the Colville Indians have mentioned that that Bigfoot likes tobacco. Oh gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, that's that's like that's not unheard of in in Native culture with the Bigfoot legends.
1: All these hunters think that <laughs> Bigfoot's coming to to threaten them, but really, he just needs his nicotine fix. <laughs>
0: So we're, you know, the movie, it definitely benefits from the, uh, the, the higher definition, uh, video where you get to see, you know, the swamp and the scenery and the wildlife a lot better, but it's almost a, it's almost a detriment to the scenes with the creature in it because it definitely looks more like a costume In the scenes where you get to, because now you can see it a little bit better as before in the prior prints of the film, it was kind of darker and it was kind of hard to see, but now that it's cleaned up and it's a little bit more pristine, it definitely looks more like a, a guy in a costume as opposed to, uh, you know, a shadowy figure lurking in the darkness.
1: You know, I think, though, because they don't really have any close-ups, though, it's not too detrimental to the to the movie. Really, you just see a dark shape. You can tell there's arms, there's legs, but I can't really see fur or anything or eyes or a mouth. So I think maybe they weren't going for those kind of details, just the fact that there was something there. And here we have, she's pulling water from a well, which tells me they don't have uh, running water. They probably don't have indoor plumbing, which I'm sure would be quite common Uh, Back then, especially in such a small place, Um, this doesn't surprise me at all. Mm.
0: Oh, this is your, uh, this is your, one of your favorite parts coming up here. Oh yeah. (laughs) So this is based on an actual, um, actual account, but I guess it was dramatized a little bit for the film. I can't remember the names of the, the people involved here.
1: Well, this is Mary Beth, it said. Yeah. Everyone has very Southern names in this movie, which I mean is to be expected, it is the South. Oh, did there goes the cigarette burn. See the cigarette burn? The cigarette burn? Yeah. yeah, that's classic right there. You there's, don't see that anymore.
0: There's another one here in a second.
1: <laughs> Get ready to change the reel. <laughs> Man, a lot of scenes.
0: There's a lot of setup shots Love. and a lot of like B roll. Oh, yeah. You know, because she just walked in the house and now we get like, I don't know, like 30 seconds or something of just like them showing the tree line or the fence line. And now she said, it looks like. So this. Uh, we had different reactions to this because. I, I'm seeing it sitting here. She's like looking at a book. I'm thinking she's probably studying for school or something.
1: It says she's a student and her older sister and the baby are visiting. And then
0: her sister's in the room, other room with the baby laying in the bed. And she's like, get in here and, and put a sheet over the, the window so the baby doesn't get cold. And I'm like, it's your baby. You put the damn sheet up. You know, I'm like studying for school.
1: Well, I'm surprised <laughs> and, she didn't put the sheet up before she laid down and went to bed. But maybe she's worried the baby's going to fall out of the bed if she gets up. I don't know yeah my one of my favorite parts though is this is one of the first times we hear a woman talk and boy is there that southern twang
0: What I wanted her to say is when she's like, get in here and and put this sheet up for the baby, I want her to say something like, I don't know nothing about birthing no babies.
1: (laughs) So this is my favorite part. So the cat meows and she gets up immediately. She's like, oh, kitty, kitty. And she gets up and she's all caring about the cat. And her sister's like, the baby's going to catch a cold. And she's all, screw that baby. (laughs) All I care about is this cat. Who cares about your baby?
0: (laughs) So... She goes in to put the sheet over the the window. Finally, well, she so, sits down. She doesn't even yeah. do it. She yes, sits right. back, she sits down, down, back again. down.
1: She's completely forgotten about that freaking baby. <laughs> <laughs> do you notice the fire too? How blue the flames are. Do you think the fire is really going? I don't think it is.
0: I wondered about that. I wondered if that was an actual fire or if that was like an effect. I mean, that's a blue. That is a blue ass flame, which means that means I,
1: it's burning super hot. I yeah. don't think that's real. Yeah. And why would you have a fire there? I mean, it's so hot already. Although, according to her, there's a draft.
0: Well, now now the fire looks... Maybe it's either... I don't know.
1: I don't know either. Okay, here we go.
0: So she's going to put the sheet up and she's going to look... Of course, she's going to look out the window before total, she puts the sheet
1: up. Total horror movie set up here. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but what... Do you think maybe it's moonlight or something? Because... If they don't have indoor plumbing, they probably don't have electricity. So how can she even see anything outside? It must not be that dark yet.
0: I don't know. Maybe, maybe it, was, uh, it was just getting to be dark.
1: She's not sure what she sees. She's squinting her eyes. Oh, here's the screen.
0: And then they're trying to rouse her, trying to get her up. Like,
1: what? You, what's the matter with you? Uh-oh, she fainted. Now, who's this other person? That's her mom. That's, oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say. Was a, it was the mom, cause the it sister. Because and... it said just the two girls at the beginning, so they messed up. They just said it was the two girls. The baby slept peacefully through it all, even though there was a cold draft, so the draft didn't matter, apparently. Okay, now this right here, I want to know, where did they get that cat body? That does not look it's, fake to me.
0: It's the South. I'm sure there's cat bodies everywhere.
1: Okay, here we go again with this freaking animal cruelty stuff here. <laughs> they didn't have those rules back then. I was like, where did they come? Did they think they put up a poster said, Wanted, one dead cat.
0: <laughs> no, I think it was probably more, if anything, it was probably more of a scare, spare of them. What's What am I trying?
1: I don't know. It sounds to me moment. like you were trying to say, spare the rod, spoil the no. child. What?
0: Spur. It was a spur of the moment. Oh. uh, Where maybe they they were getting ready to film that scene and there just happened to be a dead cat on the road or something. I don't know. Um, Because that didn't, the cat actually didn't die, spoilers, uh, in that encounter. There was no cat involved, as far as I know. That was just added for the film. At least that's according to uh, Lyle Blackburn's book, The Beast of Boggy Creek, True Story of the Falcon Monster.
1: Well, that makes me feel better because I felt bad for that cat. I mean, first (laughs) they're throwing dogs, now they're killing cats. <laughs> Who knows what they did to that beaver back at the beginning? <laughs>
0: I don't think they did anything to the beaver. I'm sure he's fine. He's probably still out there to the day. Like like Jeremiah Johnson. Some okay. folks say he's still out there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're we're whittling wood. That's a that's a pastime.
0: You know, um I asked my dad one time to teach me how to uh to carve wood. To carve, to whittle. To whittle the wood? Yeah. And he said, uh, what you do is you take your block of wood, and if you want to carve like uh, a horse or a cow, you just whittle away everything that doesn't look like a horse.
1: Your dad was a wise man. He was. <laughs> a smart ass, but yeah. a wise man. <laughs> okay, well, at least he remembered his hunter orange vests. Um, and kids, this is a PSA announcement for you kids out there. It is never a good idea to run with a gun. And it's also never a good idea, even if you don't have a gun, to run in the woods. Because that's how you trip and impale yourself.
0: You'll put your eye out.
1: You'll totally put your eye out. Yep. Don't mm. run in the woods. And as a kid who ran in the woods a lot, I know this is a, this is not a good idea. Because I have fallen and impaled myself on things before.
0: <laughs> she wears glasses, folks.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, so he's he, I, he hears dogs barking. And I guess he assumes they're chasing a deer. And he runs out into the woods because he wants to shoot the deer.
1: It's illogical, but I'm not sure how accurate this is. Like if this really happened or not, or if it's just fluff. It's, I, the... I believe it's
0: according to the book. I believe it is based on a, a true encounter. Um, although I think I, I believe this might be a, a integration of two separate encounters because there was an encounter where uh, a young boy that was out hunting shot at the creature
1: Okay, it knocks him over. So, either it's the shock or the caliber of the weapon that knocked him down. I'm not sure which. I like his hat though. It's a pretty cool hat. It's like a cavalry hat almost. Okay, you can't have a scary movie without a woman or a kid tripping. So uh, like there you go. Like he leaves the gun and just totally leaves it. the gun. He's like, screw the gun. It's holding me back. <laughs> They don't even talk about whether or not they ever went back to look for it. The gun, <laughs> like, did they recover the gun?
0: I'm sure they did. And they talk about how, yeah, because they later on they found two-inch saplings turn, uh, because what had happened was the the creature surprised the boy. The boy shot at the creature, ran off. So apparently the the creature uh, got angry and, and smashed some stuff in the forest.
1: I would too. I mean, this little brat just shot me. <laughs> i mean two-inch saplings you know that's not super small but i mean i think we could probably break two-inch saplings
0: so here we have the scene where they're organizing the the posse the posse the hunt this is this is where some of my favorite outfits are i mean you got that guy in like a looks like a tan like trench coat and then there's like a guy in a green like waistcoat with a red hat there's a guy in green pants
1: Yeah, not much gun discipline going on too much. I mean, I'm sure they're just not thinking about it. I like all the dogs. It's just ropes. I mean, why not?
0: I feel like that was probably a thing where they're like, "Oh, bring the dogs," and then they brought the dogs, but they didn't bring any any leashes or ropes. And then somebody like had to run to the hardware store and just buy some rope for it because they all had all the dogs. And all the owners have the exact—it's exact same. Like it's this clean white rope. That's a good observation so right there. I'm, I'm guessing they probably just gave everybody links of the same rope.
1: Yeah, because usually um, you'd want leather because a rope like that—if the dog pulls, it's gonna burn your hand. At least we usually use leather. Oh, we even got horses. I didn't notice the horse last night. And look at—oh my god! It's the Marlboro man. He's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He's on his horse. He's got his cowboy hat. Hmm. The men on horseback swept across the woodlands along the creek areas. I'm not sure if maybe they're trying to herd the creature in a particular direction or. Well, I no, know. I think
0: they're they're just trying to get his scent because he um, they said he cross. They think he crosses this road. I think they're just trying to get his scent and track him down.
1: Hmm. The dogs are like, we're just excited to go for a walk.
0: But Apparently, this uh, incident with the horse, because what's happening is the, the guy on the horse, he the the creature walks by, he sees it, and it spooks the horse, and the horse uh, throws the guy off. Apparently, that's based on something that actually happened around the crab tree's property. Uh, there were some guys out looking for the, the creature, and it, it uh, spooked a horse, and a rider got thrown. And uh, that happened near the the crab trees property. See, I didn't think the creature looked too bad there, but you you know, you had trees in front of him, you know, you couldn't really see him that well, but there's a couple of scenes where, I mean, it's, they're just split seconds, but you don't, but you get a a little bit better look at him and, and you can kind of tell it's kind of like a mishmash of like, you know, fake like hair and stuff. But uh, you know, in the, in the old school, the grainier version, it was a lot harder to, to make out the details.
1: Man, they're saying the dogs aren't wanting to track the scent. They're embarrassed. I'm looking at the different... that I think that dog's either pregnant or it just had babies. That is a fat dog. Man, look at those classic vehicles, too. Definitely from the 70s. Yeah,
0: there's an old International Scout that's going to pop up here in a second. And it's got a camper on it. But my dad had the exact same truck, only it didn't have the camper on it. It was an old three on the tree. I think it was like a 63, that one. See it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've driven one of those before.
1: This is just kind of a weird observation, but every time they show hands, a close-up of hands, that almost all have skin knuckles. Like, you, you just tell these people are used to working with their hands. My dad's hands were like that when we were kids. He always had chunks taken out of his hands from all the, you know, carpentry he did and working outside.
0: I like I like this guy in the middle because out of all these people that are like walking around with guns, he's like the only one that has like a primary weapon and a sidearm.
1: I liked his hat. Although this guy has a cool headlamp.
0: His his hat has a light on it. <laughs>
1: The one in the middle kind of looked like a deer hat, <laughs> like Sherlock Holmes.
0: No, that's a welding hat.
1: Mm. This looks a lot like Kentucky. A lot of similarities.
0: It was it it was a lot like Kentucky. One of the things I noticed about Arkansas when I went there, um, it was very dirty. Like there was a lot of litter on the road on the side of the roads and stuff
1: that's unfortunate
0: and there were like signs everywhere that said like do not litter and it made me wonder like i imagine there's something else going on like they started like charging people to throw their garbage away and people just started throwing their garbage on the side of the road or something like i i I feel like there's some backstory to it or something i I don't know maybe somebody that lives in arkansas can can uh shed some light on it but um yeah it was a much dirtier place than i expected
1: Maybe a part of it is if the state isn't really built on its scenery. Like Alaska, so much of Alaska's economy is built on tourism. Like it's really important that the state keeps its pristine, you know, wild look to it. So they're very particular about litter here in Alaska. And Alaskans in general, I think, are are pretty anti-litter And uh, every spring, you know, they get posses together and everyone cleans the highways, you know, any litter along the highways that might have developed. But, oh, here we go, singing. And the singing is done by the director.
0: Yeah, this, in my opinion, this is the weakest part of the film because it seems like it, there's actually like two songs. One where they talk about like how awesome the swamp is and how lonely the monster is. And then they go into the, um, the song about Travis Crabtree.
1: Okay, we're not there yet because I have a comment about that song. But yeah, it almost feels to me like um, the whole first part of this movie was just the introduction. And then now they, they're they actually going to start the movie. And that kind of gives me this feeling. But the, the singing, oh, there's that beaver again. The singing also reminds me See, of was okay. uh, <laughs> the old um, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit cartoons from when I was a kid. They, have, like, they sing the introductions and stuff like that. But um, it does kind of interrupt the flow of the movie. I'm like, why is he singing here? Although maybe it's supposed to be about like how sad, because uh, the creature's lonely. Which I think is also kind of weird how they assume there's only one creature and he must be lonely. Like, why would you make that assumption?
0: Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. What, what do you what do you think about their assumption that there's only one of these things?
1: It's it's illogical. I mean, why would there only be one? And I'm not really sure how big this place is but if you have multiple sightings at different places I would assume there is more than one
0: yeah well I have a comment about that on a one of the later incidents um, but yeah I think yeah it, it was it's just a weird it was a weird assumption for them to make and I'm not sure that necessarily that the um, the people the the witnesses made that assumption or if that was something that the the movie maker the filmmakers you know kind of uh brought up but um you know because charlie pierce he wasn't i keep calling him charlie pierce charles pierce art actually the 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 former mayor of the borough that we live in right now in alaska his name was charlie pierce so
1: <laughs> it's stuck in your head yeah
0: um but uh, charles pierce you know he wasn't a bigfoot guy I mean, he, he was a very talented gentleman, kind of a, you know, he did a lot of different things, but, uh, you know, he was, he was only interested in Bigfoot basically f- for the filmmaking aspect of it. He wasn't into Bigfoot. He didn't really care. Uh, and in fact, when asked if he believed in the Falk monster or not, he made something he made a comment along the lines of like, well, I don't know if it's real or not, but it sure make it, you know, it's sure going to make a good movie. Um, so yeah, he, he not into Bigfoot just into the concept of it, I guess for the sake of the film.
1: So now we have more wildlife shots. We got to see a bee. That was new. And here we have a hawk. I believe that's a hawk. Just floating around. Uh, Here's some waterfowl. We're watching uh, Mutual of Omaha. (laughs) Okay, I think this might be Travis Crabtree.
0: Yeah, so this picks up. The monster hasn't been seen. After they hunted a monster, apparently it disappeared for a little while. And this picks up, I guess, a few years later when um, people are starting to go kind of back into the woods. People have stopped talking about the monster. Uh, it's not really so much that much of a thing anymore, and people are kind of starting to get back into the hunting and fishing and, and going back into the uh, the swamp.
1: Mm. Okay, so it talks about hilltop islands created by water. I'm assuming what they mean is the land is flooded, so it makes an island versus it just being land. I thought that was kind of kind of weird there. And so here we go into another song, which I think is, it's not a good choice. I mean, we just heard a song. But here's the main question I have. Um, how do you go about getting your own theme song? Because Travis Crabtree has his own theme song. That's an important man right there.
0: I'm, I'm curious as to whether he got any um, royalties on this song. Because, you know, they, they probably put out a record that probably come out on like 45s or something, or maybe even eight track, you know, did he, did he get a, a portion of that?
1: Um, I'm guessing no, you Think not? <laughs> no, I don't <clears throat> think Hollywood pays anybody unless they absolutely have to.
0: Yeah. Well, there, I guess, apparently there is some controversy around, uh, this film and people getting paid for the roles. And I think there was some lawsuits and stuff, but, I don't know. I'd, it's hard to say, you know, like, who knows, like, what what they were promised versus, you know, what they got. If, you know, I'm sure they probably didn't sign any contracts. It was probably more of a, you know, hey, come be in this movie. I'll, you know, I'll give you $10 now and then, you know, maybe more money later or who knows what kind of setup they had.
1: Well, at least he's immortalized now. I mean, on in cinema. And at least he had a game bag. See that's what I'm talking about. He had a place to put his fish. Although I'm not sure why he cut that chunk out of the fish. Maybe he ate it earlier and we didn't see that.
0: Uh maybe. Or maybe he was using it as bait on a oh. on a trot line or something.
1: Do you see that class ring? Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> you have a class ring. <laughs> Do you think that's big in the south? Oh, Dickets. That's the name of the store. So he must he stopped by the store. The game is groceries in the in the box. Oh, drinking coffee? See, to me, when I look at him, he looks like he's about 16, but clearly he's graduated school if he has a class ring. How old do you think he is?
0: Oh, I don't know. He's probably anywhere from 16 to 18, probably. Or hmm. 16 to 20, I guess.
1: I think early 20s. Yeah. They don't it, really talk about ages in this movie.
0: It's funny. I like how his like sleeping bag's on the ground there with just like a little lean-to over it. Like, how does he not get covered in ticks?
1: I don't know. Do you think maybe ticks don't like being so close to water?
0: I don't know. I think I don't think the ticks were as bad back then as they are now. Mm. There's. A, did you see the other cigarette burn?
1: yeah Herb Crabtree, don't you? No. Wait, is that what I said? Herb I think his tree? name is Herb Jones. Herb Jones. Man. Gotta love his names. Oh, yeah, look at his creepy tree.
0: Yeah, so uh, this is a gentleman that lives out in the swamp, um, and I guess did for, I'm assuming, for his pretty much his entire life. Um, Lyle mentions in the book how this area, if you know where this place is, you can still find it, but it's been reclaimed by the swamp. So I'm assuming it's either uh, all grown up or... Maybe even the buildings are gone now. I don't know. But uh, this gentleman lived out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, He kind of reminds me of, uh, I had an Uncle Milton that was my grandfather's brother. So I guess he was my great uncle. Uh, He kind of lived, he lived like this kind of. He was, you know, he was always kind of, uh, always lived alone, always by himself. Uh, You know, house was always really dirty, like didn't really clean. Uh, You know, his front yard, he smoked and uh so he'd light his cigarettes or his pot pi- i think he pipe maybe you smoke a pipe his pipe uh with a with a wooden matchsticks and he'd throw them out in the yard And his front yard was just like no grass there were so many matchsticks in the yard that the grass wouldn't grow like it was just <laughs> white and then he had prince albert in a can
1: i have a feeling those bottles were probably full of moonshine <laughs> And then it mentioned here how he shot his foot in a boating accident. And that really threw me for a loop because wouldn't that be a shooting accident, not a boating accident. (laughs) You actually looked it up for me though. In the book.
0: Yeah. Well, according to, uh, to Lyle Blackburn, he, Herb Jones was, uh, getting out of a boat. He had a rifle. Well, actually I'm assuming it was a rifle or some kind of long gun. He had propped up in a boat and, uh, he was getting out of the boat, the, the, Gun fell over, and when it fell, it discharged, and I guess shot shot him in the foot, and he had to uh, crawl for several miles to to get uh, medical attention because of uh, how remote he lives. But uh, he he did it. I mean, he made it out and got uh, medical attention. So yeah.
1: that's one tough dude. And it also bothered me how we said. <laughs> I use those bottles for my trout line. And then he says, I catch some big old catfish with that. And I'm like, wait a minute, what happened to the trout?
0: Well, it's just, it's called a trout line, but it can catch any kind of fish. Well,
1: I'm wondering if maybe he just, when he says trout, he just means fish.
0: Well, we called them, we called them trout lines.
1: Oh, maybe that's what he said. And this, uh, and
0: subtitles might have. Yeah, the, maybe
1: you know, he does have quite an accent. And yeah. this scene's kind of interesting, too. So they film him smoking. That's all he's doing. He smokes through the whole scene. But he's supposed to be speaking. So I'm wondering, is this his voice that they recorded later? Or is this someone else's voice? I don't uh, know.
0: What do you think about the fact that he's lived out there and never seen or heard of the monster?
1: That is pretty interesting.
0: So a lot of people think that Even if he had saw the monster, he wouldn't tell anybody about it because he wouldn't want people coming out there to look for the monster. So maybe he knew more about the monster than he let on. He just didn't say anything in front of the production crew about it. But that's all speculation. I mean, who knows?
1: It did say at the beginning he values his privacy. Now, that scene cracked me up. Bigfoot chasing the chickens. Because when I saw that, the first thing I thought of was Rocky training. And I thought to myself... Bigfoot's training like Rocky because he's gonna have a big fight. Uh, he's gonna fight the communist uh, uh, Bigfoot uh, Yeti. So that's all I could think of when I saw Bigfoot chasing those chickens was that scene in Rocky when he trains by chasing chickens.
0: I don't. I don't remember that at all. You don't remember that, that at all. I'm assuming it was in Rocky Four. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't remember. If you can, if you can catch a chicken, you can beat a man. Apparently. <laughs>
0: I guess the Russian Bigfoot wouldn't be the Yeti. It would be the musty.
1: Well, yeah, but for someone like me who only knows a few <laughs> different Bigfoots, the Yeti's the best I could think of because Russia, you know, cold snow. I don't know. <laughs> oh, what do we have here? A dead horse, it looked like. I think that was a cow. Oh, really? You look looked like a horse to me.
0: Yeah. Well, this is an interesting uh, observation they make because they're saying that basically every dead animal that was found after the the creature started being seen again, like every dead animal was blamed on him. And uh, that's that's something you see a lot, like basically, okay, there's Bigfoot activity in this area. I found a dead animal, so therefore Bigfoot.
1: Yeah. And it says they found this track in the, the bean field. I wonder how they were able to find a track in all that. I mean, that ground is not very easily to spot a print. And then it also made me wonder um have there been any other prints besides in falco arkansas that has three toes
0: i don't know i think most most people that are familiar with the case i think kind of dismiss the three, three-toed tracks i think that although there there's no explanation for them i think most people believe most grounded researchers believe that the three-toed tracks were probably a hoax
1: mm.
0: I don't, I don't remember if Lyle's ever came out and said that, or if he's just kind of alluded to it.
1: Maybe it's possible it had five toes, but <clears throat> it all the weight wasn't on that one. I yeah. mean, it, it's possible. It's just the print only had three toes, but it actually had five toes. Only yeah. three of them came out.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of weird. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. And you know, people say like, oh, well, you know, maybe that it's because of inbreeding or whatever, but, um, Inbreeding actually leads is more likely to lead to extra digits, not less
1: digits. Or yeah, clubbed clubbed feet. Plus, I don't think inbreeding is common in wild creatures. I mean, isn't it pretty much only found in Homo sapiens?
0: Uh, no, it's it's definitely possible in, in other animals.
1: But I, mean, I don't think it it happens often. If it does, it's so infrequent. Um, it doesn't seem to affect genetics of animals like it does in people. Well, what
0: what what it is is you know if you have. If you only have, like, a a small area, if like, there's a population of animals that are trapped in a small area, they're probably going to inbreed just just because. Like, they have no other options. But uh, they've actually found uh, recently that um, creatures can survive in in, uh, fewer numbers than, you know, they originally thought. Because they used to say, like, oh, well, you need a population of, you know, at least X amount of animals to prevent... Uh, inbreeding, and now they've uh, they've kind of scaled back those numbers a little bit uh, to say that well, no, they can survive in, in fewer numbers uh, and not have uh, negative uh, a negative impact from inbreeding, um, basically until they get into like a uh, population spiral where they're just like they have no other choice, and then that's when you see like a lot of the negative effects from inbreeding come through.
1: Those are in unique situations though where an area i don't think nature usually makes mistakes so you're using the word trapped <clears throat> i think traditionally inbreeding isn't an issue in wild animals unless there's yeah circumstances they can't control but although if bigfoot's supposed to be an intelligent bipedal primate i mean perhaps it would be willing to inbreed like humans did at certain points in history
0: so Interesting fact, He, you know, they, they keep mentioning the fact that he always follows the creeks, which is actually something that a lot of um, modern researchers have kind of kind of come to discover and, and, and is that, yeah, it seems like uh, a lot of times these small creeks and, and offshoots from larger uh, bodies of water uh, will be the location of, of activity and sightings. But uh, actually, when you're driving down the highway there, when you drive outside of Falk, think it's like two miles or something you actually cross boggy creek well most of the little creeks and waterways there have signs just regular road signs where there's a metal you know pole sticking out of the ground and a green aluminum or metal sign that has the name of the the creek or whatever well the boggy creek sign is a metal sign that's affixed it's imprinted in the bridge the little bridge that goes over Boggy Creek. And they had to do that because so many people kept stealing the signs.
1: Yeah, I've got that problem here on one of my roads. Everyone who lives in the village has the name of the road, so they keep stealing the sign. <laughs> um, it makes sense to me that a creature, especially an omnivore or a predator, would use stick close to creeks because that's where prey is. Prey has to drink. Prey goes to water to drink. So I think most predators probably hang out
0: so this is the the scene where the kids come and they're they're yelling for their grandpa they want their grandpa to come and see the monster and their mom is like no grandpa's taking a taking a nap you know don't wake him up and they're like well you come see you come see so they start they drag they're literally dragging their mom out of the house to go see the monster what and we were talking about this scene last night so because it's just so weird Tonally. So
1: positive sounding, ha- like, skippity doo da la-la-la, we're so happy. They're, they're playing, yeah, they're
0: playing this, like, upbeat, like, happy-go-lucky music. The kids are skipping, you know, they've got their mom by the hand, they're dragging her out in the woods to show her where the monster is, and it's almost like this, like...
1: Look how far they're going.
0: It's It's kind of like this, like, happy... Like, oh, you know, this little magical scene. We're together. We're doing stuff as a family. We're gonna go look at the monster, and the kids are laughing and smiling and pointing, and and uh, you know the mom's annoyed. She doesn't want to be out there, and <laughs> and then and then there's just this really weird like tonal shift where it goes from like la 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 happy happy to like just utter terror. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Apparently it didn't leave, even though the kids had to go all the way back to the house and then back again. So,
0: so it like steps out from behind a tree. Everybody starts screaming.
1: Yep, everyone screams.
0: And what, what does the mom say here? What does she say? She,
1: she's like, "Run! It'll or it'll get you or it'll grab you or something like that." She, he'll get you. Go run. She's awful at running, by the way. <laughs> I put in my notes, I put, she's going, oh crap, I forgot to put on a bra for this scene. I forgot I was going to have to run. That's why she's running like that. That's what I'm guessing. (laughs) It's a, it's a funny scene. Cinematically, it's funny.
0: Yeah. Cheesy
1: horror movie, kind of.
0: So there's like, there's like two or three roadside crossings they cover, like sightings that happen. And this, by the way, this movie, a lot of these scenes or these um, sightings that they cover happened within the last year. So, I mean, this was really very topical for the time. Like, I mean, this a lot of the stuff that happened um happened just a, a year before they filmed. So, a lot of these witnesses, you know, they're fresh witnesses. It just happened just recently. Um the the end of the film, the 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 Ford house, uh there was uh some newspaper coverage of that, and that's basically I guess what um Charles Pierce saw, he saw the the newspaper coverage for it. And that's kind of what inspired him to, I guess, make the movie.
1: Now this looks like the South here. Look at that. The trailer just off the little country road. I mean, that looks like a lot of places. Oh yeah. This term bunking party. I'd never heard of that before a bunking party. That was new.
0: Apparently that it's just a term for sleepover, I guess.
1: Yeah. As the style of the time. (laughs) Now, I would argue here that all the creature wanted from these girls was to get his hair did. I mean, he sees they're having such a great time and he has a hard time keeping his hair under control in this swamp. So uh, he needs some assistance with that. And they misunderstood him. They all have bright blue eyes, too. Look at that. Well, how much you want to bet they're all cousins? (laughs) Really? We're going to go there? Well, look at it. They all have these bright blue eyes. They're quite pretty eyes. It's striking. I mean, it's pretty rare blue eyes, but all of them have it. <laughs> and similar features, I would argue it. They're cousins. <laughs> Let's all have a Coke. Now, that one kind of surprised me because I thought in the South they'll call it Pop. Mm hmm. But we've got the old classic glass bottles, not twist off. Look at that. I think she should get that mole checked out. That doesn't look good. Look at that. Do you see the color of the fridge? Yeah. Nice. Oh,
0: <laughs> well, I've actually, I've actually lived in a trailer that had uh, that that paneling, that wood paneling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So apparently they all have boyfriends, but the boyfriends all went to the game in Texarkana. If I had to guess, I'm going to guess football game. Okay, here we have the close-up of the eyes, and they're all looking around. Now we're going back to more classical horror movie film. Oh, the lamp has the plastic on it. Yep, look at that. That's familiar.
0: So they're hearing something outside the trailer. It sounds like, um, I think, breathing or shuffling around. And now they're they're screaming' they're, they're telling the girl that lives there to get the gun get the gun and uh they're they're lucky they're lucky they didn't shoot some
1: <laughs> they're lucky they didn't shoot their freaking hair curlers off because they don't seem to know what they're doing and then in typical, the guns are as far away from the the bullets as possible, and then they can't get it loaded, but even if they managed to get it loaded, I think they would have themselves a boating accident like that other guy did. <laughs>
0: Why does everybody around here walk with a limp?
1: <laughs> a lot of boating accidents with guns.
0: <laughs> so they've got the gun loaded or attempted to load it. And they're, they're sending one of them. One of them's like, I'm going to go look. And they're like, don't look, don't look. And she's like, uh, and she's going to walk up and look out the window. And then she's going to scream. A lot of people looking out windows and screaming.
1: Yeah, doesn't she know? You never look. And this is one of the first times they did a still scene like that. I think that's the first time this has happened, where they did the still scene.
0: It's freeze frame.
1: Oh, okay. Is that what that's called? Yeah. Oh, he smashed flower pots. Oh. And here we're making another assumption. He must be lonely and frustrated.
0: Hmm. so apparently all this happens in one night he like terrorized the girls in the trailer now he's like wrestling a dog
1: (laughs) here we go again poor dog
0: that dog's having a time of his life he's like oh i'm getting hugs from this man in a costume Mm.
1: okay here's a wall raven now
0: well there was already a wall raven he had one of those roadside Yeah. Roadside crossing. Yeah, that's one of the names that comes
1: up quite a bit as well, Raven.
0: This is the guy that got his his dogs uh, killed. He had tied up outside.
1: Oh, yeah, this part. I had my two good dogs tied up right there behind the house. And I was like, okay, where do you keep your bad dogs in? (laughs) If that's where you keep your good dogs, where are the bad dogs? And if you have a good dog, good dogs, why would you keep them outside? Why wouldn't you keep them inside? Especially. When they say they hear the creature like all the time, it's like you know there's this creature running around. You have these good dogs. I'm assuming probably expensive hunting dogs or something, prize dogs. I'm gonna keep them tied outside where they can't do anything to defend themselves. I don't know.
0: So this guy, um, he basically says like he's gonna get the monster for killing his dogs. But that's a lot. I mean, we never see him again. We never hear. I wanna. They need to make a movie about him and his quest. To... <laughs> To, to find the monster that killed his dogs, make a make a Taken type movie. You know Liam Neeson's after the creature that killed his dogs.
1: <laughs> he skinned one of the dogs and he wears it oh, like a like
0: it, a cloak. John Wick.
1: There you go, John Wick he's, style movie. He's John Wick Falk. The monster didn't have the decency to kill his bad dogs. He killed the good dogs.
0: <laughs> so here we're introduced to the uh, the Ford family. And what this situation is, is there's two couples, the Fords and uh, I believe it's the I believe the name in the movie is Tucker, but I think the guy's actual name was Taylor. But the Fords and the Tuckers uh, move into this house together and the two guys are working at a local ranch and they're gone quite a bit. And the uh, the wives and the kids live in the house together and uh, they're just getting moved in and just getting settled in. And uh, this house in Falk here.
1: Hmm. I wonder if they were from the area at all. I mean, what, who would come to Falk, Arkansas, even if it was for work on a cattle ranch? I wonder if they're, you know, somewhere from nearby or it's just kind of odd to me. How did you find a place to live back then, do you think? It's not like they advertise in the paper, do you think?
0: Yeah, you just you get a local paper. You'd hmm. have to you'd have to take time off work, drive to the area Buy a paper.
1: <laughs> okay, there's a little dog. Do you see that? They didn't say yeah. anything about a dog, and I don't think we see that little dog again. It probably gets sacrificed just like all the others. Mm.
0: So, I believe that this night the the women are home alone, and they hear something walking around the porch. And I believe there's a, the, I think the doorknob gets gets turned, but the. I'm I'm actually surprised the door's even locked. I guess the only only reason it's even locked is because they're there by themselves.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're right. Especially small town like that. People didn't usually lock their doors back then. But yeah, maybe it's because they're new to the area. They don't really know anybody. And it's just the women and the children. That's kind of a consistency there. These people who get terrorized in their homes, it's usually because there's only women and children.
0: Yeah. And well, I remember, you know, growing up in the, I grew up in a town a little bit bigger than Falk, but not much. And, uh, we know for the, for the longest time, we didn't lock our doors. Like we never locked our doors. And, um, one night, um, somebody come and stole the batteries out out of our car and truck. My, my mom's car and my dad's truck that was parked outside. And, um, Ever since then, we locked our door after that happened.
1: Hmm. I wonder who would have done that. Oh, look at that dress. Wow. I wonder who would have done that in such a small town. I'm sure it's somebody you knew. You guys um,
0: knew. I think they actually, it was, it was, I think they actually caught him I think it was, uh, they, they had been doing it for a while and like going around and like, and it wasn't like today where you had like crime stoppers in the internet and. You know, somebody could be like, "Oh, hey, you know, some, you know, check your, check your, uh, your cars because somebody's going around stealing uh-huh. batteries." It was, you know, things had to travel by word of mouth, uh-huh. or not at all. And um, apparently, it was something that they were going around and doing in different uh, towns. You know, in a small area and. <laughs>
1: Put that chair under the door. How much you want to bet that door opens out, not in? <laughs> yeah, I think it opens in. <laughs> see, now this is interesting. Do you know if it actually confirms in the book, the book that the report was he did try the doorknob? Because that's quite an intelligent thing to do.
0: I don't know. I've often wondered about that because you hear people say things like that. Like, oh, the door. It... But I wonder if it's not just shaking the doorknob, if it's actually trying to turn it. Because I wonder, like, okay, are they smart enough to see people go in and out of doors and know... Like, I have to touch this for the door to work, but I don't know how to, you know, like, I have to touch it to get in, but I don't know how to manipulate it. Mm. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Let it be known these women also have bright blue eyes. More cousins. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone has blue eyes. This is another thing. If you think there's a creature or a person outside, I think at this point you th- they think it's a person. They haven't seen any sign of a creature, so they think it's a person. I am not stepping foot outside of that house. <laughs> it's like, just lock the doors and stay inside. But they're willing to leave to go to the landlords. Sometimes I wonder about people's decisions.
0: Yeah, well I think in in uh reality they didn't go to the landlords, they like there was a house across the street and they like went over there, I think.
1: Oh, wasn't that remote? No. That's interesting.
0: So the landlord he comes over, he he checks around, he doesn't see anything, he says he's gonna come back and check on them. He says, Are you sure you don't want to come back to my place?
1: See, I don't understand. They were so scared earlier, scared enough to leave, and then they're like, No, we're fine. We'll just go back in. It's fine that you didn't find anything. It's like, It doesn't make any sense to me. I'd be like, Yes, I want you to stay till they're freaking come back. <laughs> Apparently, they don't have any kind of weapons. They're married to the only two guys that don't hunt in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just. He's got were- a
1: pistol in his pants.
0: I was just thinking you were asking like where they came, where they probably came from. I'm, I'm guessing they probably came from Texas. Hmm. <clears throat> so they get some visitors, like their cousin and nephew or somebody comes to visit, like a, a guy, a older guy that's probably in his 20s and a kid that's probably in his 12, 13, something like that.
1: Now, for those of you who don't know, supper means the evening meal. Dinner is lunchtime in the South, but for me, a northerner, dinner is the evening meal. We don't use the term supper for really anything. That kind of threw me for the loop when I was in the South with you, and people would ask about dinner, and I'm like, what about lunch? (laughs) They meant lunch.
0: (laughs) So they're going off to fish in the creek behind the house. And I guess, I guess they actually did find a track. I, I don't think it it mentions, um, in the movie, it's a three-toed track, like the the ones in the bean field. I don't know, like in actuality, like in, in reality, I don't know what kind of track they found, if it was a five-toed one or not. But, um, from what I understand, they actually didn't go fishing. Like they went back there to go fishing and they found the track and it creeped them out and they went back to the house. Like they never actually went fishing.
1: Okay, so this this is a vicious lie then that the fishing isn't good there at <laughs> <Falk. laughs> This is uh, anti-propaganda uh, promoting a Falk there. But I, you notice what kind of pole he had. Oh, the cane pole. Yeah, those old cane poles like that. Look at that.
0: <laughs> we had one for a long time. It was just like a backup pole, though. We never really used it. But I remember having a cane pole.
1: Look how big that bank is. That just goes to show you that potentially at times the river comes all the way there to those top of those those trees that are up there. I mean, that's quite an increase in uh, feet there.
0: Yeah. I don't know what time of year this is. I think the actual incident happened in like May. But I mean, this looks like it was filmed in you know like the, fall. the fall or maybe even winter.
1: So this is one of the worst replicas of tracks i've ever seen it doesn't make any sense to me it looks like they took three hot dogs for the toes and pushed them in the dirt and then the the heel of the print is so far back and it's not very wide it just looks like a regular person see look at that it it doesn't make any sense it's not very good yeah like they didn't try and then they say look at the size of the print but it'd be kind of interesting to see some kind of scale but they don't provide any.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just a, it's a movie, you know, it's not,
1: it just goes to show you back then. They weren't really concerned about that kind of thing yeah. versus today. Like that's a detail they would make sure to, to be particular about.
0: I don't know too. True. Like, And the way the angle you look at things can have an effect too. Like, I mean, the person that made that print might've been looking at it from a different angle and thought like, man, this looks awesome. But then, like they didn't know where they were going to set the camera up or whatever, and then they look at it from the different angle of the camera, and it looks like crap.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I've I've found tracks and I've or impressions on the ground, and I'm like, I have no idea what that is. That's so weird. But then, like you look at it from a different angle, and you're like, oh, it's just it's just like a this track or that track. Like it makes sense when you look at it from a different angle.
1: I wonder <clears throat> where this house is. Like, did they actually use the house that was involved? Like, there's a road right there. And you see the where they were fishing, there were train tracks right above them. That was a train.
0: Yeah, I I don't know, but I think that it's probably in Lyle's book. I think um, they, I'm pretty sure they'll tell you if this is this might be the actual house, but I think Lyle talks about it in his book.
1: This is kind of where they have a lot of downtime, where they don't have any. Um, dialogue but they also don't have any music which i think is kind of weird. It was so music heavy at the beginning. They should have saved some of that music for like around here because th- that was quite um it's kind of getting stagnant a little bit here.
0: Yeah, but it's it's building up because you know the, the everybody's asleep even though they've got all the lights on in the house. Everybody's asleep and this is this is like building toward the the finale of the film.
1: I think it has to do with uh, someone who's trying out a new genre you know a mixture of drama and also trying to document what happened and they're just kind of learning because I don't think today you would find a docudrama where they'd have you know downtime where there's no dialogue or music of any kind it's kind of interesting to see the birth of something new a new type of film
0: Yeah, well, you know, remember I said I thought the intro ran a little long, and then they've got the musical interludes, and then you're saying they've got kind of like this downtime where nothing's really going on. Well, the movie's only 87 minutes long, so if you took all that stuff out, like, this would be like an hour-long movie.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's why I think a lot of it, the stock footage and everything, was just to try to get that runtime up.
0: Hmm. So here we have the um, something's making noise outside the the house. Here, um, they're they're waking up. They're they're what do, you know. What's that noise? What do you think that is?
1: The creature must have been quite loud because I swear the bugs are so loud at night in the south. <laughs> like it's amazing they can hear anything. And do you notice there's no bug sounds except for at the very beginning. I don't see how that's possible.
0: Well, it's because they filmed this in winter and then they didn't put any bug sounds in. Probably.
1: Yeah. So if they filmed in, I wonder if they filmed in winter on purpose then so they wouldn't have all those bug sounds I don't know. interfering with uh, what they were trying to do. That would make sense.
0: I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure in Lyle's book, it talks about like when they filmed and I don't remember, I don't have it directly in front of me, but it gives like the dates basically they filmed. So it, if I, I think it was around winter time or fall time, but, uh, But if I remember correctly, this happened in like May or June of the year before when they filmed.
1: Okay, so he's like, be quiet, I hear something. So they immediately start talking. That's pretty typical. And then now she's telling the kid to go get the kids while they all stand around and listen, which is illogical to me. Okay, now he has brown eyes. (laughs) It's the first brown eyed person I've seen so far. Okay, here we go. The monster's outside of the house. i seen him. He's coming around the porch. Oh, here we go. The chair that saves the day so, every time.
0: I thought for that to work, the chair had to be at like an angle. It does. So, I mean, they're just setting the chair in front of the door.
1: Basically, their whole plan is that Bigfoot will trip over that <laughs> when he comes crashing through that door. They're going to trip him to death.
0: Well, you know, most accidents happen within three miles home. of the home. Yeah.
1: So at this point they still think it's just a man. Like they're not I don't think they're suspecting a creature at this point.
0: So the the guys show up, the men show up. So in in uh in reality, the one of the ladies here wrote a letter after this movie came out. She wrote a letter to the, one of the local newspapers and basically said, you know, like the movie was dramatized. This is what really happened. So apparently in real life, the night this happened, the guys were never at work. They were at home that night.
1: That makes a big difference. Well, I was wondering, I'm like, why on earth would you stand outside thinking that there's either a mysterious man or a creature outside? It's like, let's all stand outside and talk about it where we're vulnerable.
0: So, so they're standing around, they're outside, they're talking. One of them makes the decision to go to the landlords and borrow his gun. And, um, so two of them, one of the guys stays with the girls and, uh, two of the guys go to get the gun and well, there's frogs and stuff croaking. It says,
1: yeah, but no bugs. Mm. And uh, Bobby uh, was fastening his pants. I just now realized that uh, he has very few scenes where his pants are on completely in this movie. <laughs> the man's constantly half-dressed.
0: <laughs> so they they show back up with the gun. They're gonna, um, and that's something like they just they just they show up. They've got the gun and they just go in the house like that
1: door didn't even latch <laughs> there you could see light between the you think the you would think the they would go
0: look around a little bit they're like okay we got the gun. let's check the perimeter or something but uh so they're getting ready to go to bed again they're all kind of sitting around and this is when it reaches through the window
1: it's like ooh, i like that fabric he likes the couch
0: this was a really, really creepy scene. And it seems like it's kind of go, it's going after him. Was his name Fred? I don't his remember. name was Bobby. Bobby. And
1: it's because he keeps running around with his pants down. <laughs> no, that would scare the crap out of me. If I was on a couch like that and something reached through, I mean, it's amazing he didn't crap himself, to be honest. That would be terrifying. It definitely seems like it's escalating into a, more of a classic horror horror movie. People in a house, creatures outside. It's terrorizing them, so it's they're definitely got that vibe.
0: They're shining a light out in the woods, they see something, they're gonna fire some shots at it. They, at least, they, I mean, they do give out some warnings, you know, they're like, Hey, say something, or I'm gonna shoot you. They don't just start blindly firing into the woods. So,
1: yeah, so he's got peer pressure, he's being told to shoot, shoot <laughs> him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, and then from the house, the women and children are all screaming. So, uh Yeah, everyone knows their rules.
0: (laughs) So, you know, I was uh, listening to Lyle give a presentation about this. And I just just got hit with this freaking, like, realization. And I actually talked to him about it. And he was like, I could tell he was kind of like, huh, you're right. This is almost beat for beat. Exactly the same as the Kelly Hopkinsville uh, Goblin Encounter. Hmm. where there's people in the house. This thing comes around, starts like trying to get in, you know, looking in the windows and stuff. They go outside, they shoot at it. Uh, It comes back. They shoot at some more. They go uh, get police. The police come, they look around, nothing. The police leave. It comes back. I mean, it's, it's almost exactly the same only replace the goblins with the monster. It's almost the exact same story.
1: So that spawns a question. Which happened first?
0: Uh, I believe the the Hopkinsville thing did.
1: That's interesting. Hmm. Oh, goodness. We've got a cat, too.
0: So the constable is, is there. He looks around the house. He looks... He finds some... Um, underpinning that's like loose and he says that uh, there's a panther living under the house which um you know I think some people have tried to explain the way the the hand reaching in the window is maybe a cat because you know cats like to like reach in and like try and grab things so
1: or bother you when you're trying to do a podcast.
0: Yeah or bother you when you're trying to do a podcast. But this is interesting because this constable which I'm not, I'm not sure like what a constable is in Arkansas. Uh, I've never heard of a constable Arkansas.
1: in the United States before.
0: Um, but I, well, they have them in Kentucky, but it's like an elected um, position, oh. and basically, it's they they they're like paper service guys. They and I think they can arrest people on warrants, but that's about it. Like they can't they can't they can't arrest people otherwise. Like they have to have like a warrant, or you know, I think they serve papers, kind of like a court service officer here. Hmm. um but uh this constable just like leaves him another gun he's like well here you know take my gun
1: <laughs> well i like the part where he asked him he's like did you look in this dark scary hole yet it's like of course i didn't what do you think i am a moron
0: <laughs> <clears throat> so now they've got the two guns everybody's settled it now this scene this scene is terrifying because Bobby goes in to use the bathroom. He sets on the toilet.
1: The pants come off.
0: The pants come down. And through the window comes an arm. And that, I mean, to me, that is like terrifying. Because, I mean, that's like, when you're going to the bathroom, that's like when you're at your most vulnerable, you know?
1: I can actually tell you it is terrifying because the house I grew up in, we had one bathroom and the toilet had a window that was at... um you know, eye level, like you could see. And where we lived, we had no neighbors around us. It was all woods. And you would just look to the side while you're on the toilet and you would just see nothingness or the forest. It was so scary as a child to deal with. And I remember before um, seeing eye shine. And now it turns out it was an owl. But when you're on a toilet and you're young and it's in the middle of the night and you see eye shine, um, it scares the crap out of you. I think I've also seen moose go by while I was on the toilet, but we had this huge window. I guess my parents were thinking at the time, it'd be kind of nice to see you outside while you're going to the bathroom. And of course, you know, like I said, where we live, there were no neighbors. I mean, no one could see in, but as a kid, it was terrifying to be able to see outside in the darkness, uh, when you're on the toilet.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I remember that house. I used that bathroom. I remember yeah. thinking like. I remember thinking, like, who in the hell designed this? Like, this is not good. <laughs> they weren't thinking. Yeah.
1: Actually, they were probably thinking, we need more light in this room.
0: <laughs> whoever, whoever saw, whoever designed that, never had never seen this movie. I guarantee.
1: I don't think so.
0: So um, he gets attacked on the toilet. They chase it out on the, on the. They're on the porch again. They're shining the lights in the woods. His pants are off. Yeah, <laughs> they're shooting. <laughs> they're shooting into the woods again. Uh, now they're they're getting off the porch to go investigate and they send bobby they tell bobby they say go back and, and take care of the girls you know like they're the girls are in the house they're panicked so they send bobby back in the house with no no gun no weapon uh and i don't even think he has a flashlight at this point because he gives the flashlight back to the guys with the guns so they send bobby back to the house and but Bobby gets got
1: (laughs) another thing too. There's so much dialogue going on when all the actions happening early on. I made a note saying to watch this with subtitles because the accents are so bad at certain points that it reminds me of a Cockney accent. Like I can't understand what they're saying. So I highly recommend subtitles unless you're fluent in South.
0: So Bobby goes, he's going back. He gets almost back to the house and it gets him.
1: Yep. Now, did that really happen?
0: I believe it did. And I, but I'm not really sure what I happened. I, I don't think he had any injuries. Like, I don't think he had any physical injuries. But I think he was in shock. Like, he did, like, he was, like, catatonic for a little while. And he did have to go to the hospital. Um, but he, he busts back in the house. And they, they end up. Um, now, here it says they contact the police. The police give him an escort to the hospital. Now, according to the letter that Mrs. Ford wrote after the movie came out, she, she did that to kind of clarify some of the, the uh, inaccuracies in the movie. So she mentions they did not get a police escort to the hospital. They had to go by themselves to the hospital. Um, I guess Bobby, uh, wasn't catatonic during the ride either. Like he kept like coming to, and he would freak out. I guess at one point he tried to kick the window out of the car
1: wow like he
0: was just i mean just in like is terrified like primal primal fear you know just like he's just
1: yeah how far is this
0: uh it's like 50 40 50 miles
1: that's a long way to go um
0: and also she mentions and i remember how we were talking about how they always assume in the movie that there's just one she says in her letter she says that she thinks that there were probably two of them because what would happen is it would come up one of them would come up and mess with the house or peek in the window or something and the guy it would like basically she said it was it was luring the guys out into the woods they'd chase it off and it would run into the woods and then before they would get back it was back at the house messing with trying to get in the house So she says it was either really, really fast or there were more than one. And they were like, it was like one would uh, uh, distract the guys and get them to chase it. And then one would come back to the house and like try and get in the house. She also said, remember how you said there was a little dog in the beginning? Yeah. She thinks that it was trying to get to their dog because she said whatever room the dog was in that the creature, that's the room the the creature was messing with. or like trying to get in or like tapping on the window or whatever. So
1: it wasn't Bobby. It was after it was after the dog.
0: <laughs> well, that's what she says in her letter. However, I wonder like, was the dog in the room with one of the girls or one of the kids, you know, was it not just the dog? Was there somebody else in the room? Like, was the dog in a room by itself at one time where the creature was trying to get to it? Or was it in the room with people, you know, was it one of the girls or one of the kids or, you know, I think, um, one of the girl, one of the couples didn't have a kid yet, but the girl was pregnant.
1: Oh, that's interesting because it specifically said they both had kids. Yeah.
0: They, they, the they didn't have kids when they moved in, but the, the, one of the couples was pregnant with a kid. So
1: that's a big difference. Was
0: the girl or was the dog in the room with the pregnant woman, you know, like I, I want to know how she came up with a hypothesis that it was after the dog. Did it ever like, you know was the dog ever in a room by itself and it was trying to get into the dog? I don't don't know. But uh, this is uh, the final scene of the movie. This is where the narrator, he comes back to his childhood home. He's kind of walking around. He's uh, lamenting about uh, how he wishes he could hear it one more time.
1: I don't think I would.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he makes... There's a really good line here toward the end of the movie uh where he talks about like he likes to think that it's still out there because it it's uh it's it's kind of comforting to him to know that there's still some there's still some uh wilderness left and you know there's still some mystery out there that are unsolved you know there's a little bit of mystery to the world and you know that was really for for this you know movie i thought that was pretty poignant
1: yeah, my first thought when I heard that was, oh, he should just come to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> We've got that steel here. <laughs> We've got plenty of what what he wants.
0: Yeah, and then so you know we're here at our per our uh, parting shot. Yeah, our parting shot, the the last shot where we get to see the wilderness and the sunset, and they play the uh, the the vocalizations.
1: I wonder where they got it from. I recognize some of the sounds when the creature's wrestling. Um, It's a bear noise that I've heard in like old movies with bears in them, like grizzly and stuff like that. But I wonder where they got the scream, like what they used for it. And of course it ends on uh, the song that uh, Charles Pierce uh, sings about one third into the movie.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I think, let me, I'm going to take a look at my notes and see. I don't think I missed anything that I really wanted. To, I think I hit all the notes I wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah. I think um, as someone who is only dabbles into, you know, the cryptids and uh, didn't really grow up with this movie like you did. I think it's one of those movies where everyone see at least once you know, and take it for what it is, you know, for the times and appreciate it for the fact that it was kind of starting a new genre, a drama. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I think probably if you showed it to, if you've got kids and you show it to them today, I don't think they'd probably be that crazy about it. But back then, you know, when I grew up and, um, you know, we just didn't have, just didn't have these kind of, kind of movies. And it, of course it wasn't easy to find them either.
1: The first credit says Chuck Pierce. Uh, Jim is a boy. I bet that's the director's son.
0: Yeah.
1: Or, Do you think that picked up on the microphone? Probably. That's that's Bubbles party <laughs> I hope it got picked up. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> that's funny.
0: But yeah. A lot Mark oh, Jones is himself. Yeah, a lot of himself. That's the, the guy uh, who shot himself uh, in, the in a boating
1: accident. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Pierce. I wonder if that's Charlie Pierce's wife or somebody. Oh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Bessie Smith. I think she was one of the older ladies. It might be his mom or something. The Ford incident.
1: I'm sure back then a lot of people probably Tur- helped out their families so it, like it that. It says their
0: name was Turner, but it, their name was actually Tyler. Hmm. See, Constable Walraven himself. Huh. Yeah. A lot of the same names over and over again or same last names, but yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, that's the legend of Boggy Creek. I hope you guys enjoyed our commentary. Uh, if you did, um, I think I'd definitely like to do it again. Definitely on a different movie. I think I want to do exists. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about doing like not as good Bigfoot movies, like the ones that are pure cheese, but, uh, some of the ones I enjoy, I definitely like to do it for, but, uh, anyway, uh, Thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching the movie with us if that's how you uh, decided to experience this. And uh, if you enjoyed it, uh, let us know because we definitely like to do more of these. I definitely uh, had a good time with it. And uh, remember, you can uh, head over to the alaskwatchpodcast.com website. You can pick up copies of my book, uh, Abandoned. The History and Horror Report chatter.
1: Yeah, it's a scary book.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Squatch Cop, Investigating and Documenting the Bigfoot Phenomenon. I can't remember the titles of my own books, huh? And (laughs) uh, you can pick up autographed copies there. Or if uh, you're not too worried about getting them autographed, you can pick them up uh, on Amazon.com and get free shipping on them. And uh, just uh, take a look at the website, the Last Squatch Podcast website. We've got some other little knickknacks and cool little things on there, magnets, stickers. uh, What else have we got on there?
1: Oh, we've got t-shirts and, um, pens and I'm trying to think what else we might have. Shot glasses. we try to, you know, offer a variety, something we think you'll enjoy. And every, um, every bit, you know, contributes to you continuing, you know, your field research, you know, and of course, check out your new, uh, series on YouTube of your trip in Washington and Canada.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, the next episode's going to be dropping here in a couple of days on Friday. I believe that would be the 28th. So, uh, I'm not sure how many parts it's going to be. It kind of depends on just how the editing comes along. I, I think I might combine a couple of days or I might make, uh, one section, like one video. I I'm still in the process of editing it, but, uh, there's going to be some interesting stuff coming out with that. I uh, had some interesting things happen on the trip and um, got some of it captured on uh, on audio and, and some of it on video. But, uh, yeah, there's going to be some cool stuff on there. got some witness interviews and uh, found some cool things and just uh, documented the heck out of my trip. So those videos are going to be dropping every Friday on YouTube for a while. But uh, this is it. This is the... the 2022 last watch halloween special uh thanks for listening and and following along with us and we appreciate you and uh we'll definitely see you next halloween with some kind of halloween special i i've always had it in my mind that i want to go stay at like a haunted hotel or something for and like do a ghost investigation for a halloween special
1: well we kind of did we stayed at the low hotel low hotel in uh, point pleasant
0: yeah but i want to do one with a podcast
1: oh uh, i see yeah They had a painting there where the eyes moved.
0: Yeah, that was kind of creepy. But yeah, maybe uh, maybe that's what we'll do next year. So, um, all right, guys, thanks for uh, following us, and we appreciate you. And uh, happy Halloween!
1: Happy Halloween!